Hey ladies, I'm Tori and I'm Wendy. Welcome to the Fruitful Vine, where we delight in motherhood and life one honest conversation at a time. Welcome back to the Fruitful Vine. And if it's your first time here, welcome. I'm Tori uh, from the Oglesby Ohana and I get to have this podcast with my dear, sweetest, bestest, Wendy from Plan Prep Pray. All I can say, guys, is, you know, husbands and wives should check in with one another on a regular basis, okay? I just want to throw that out there. So, editing guy, I would say that if you ever feel like taking a nap, you know, that you, you should call your wife and let her know, hey, you know what, honey, I'm a little tired. So I'm going to take a nap, all right? And don't have her calling, like, the police to look for you. I'm just saying, you know. But that, you know what? I think telling him through this was a great microaggression move, and I appreciate it. I support it. I'm here. <laughs> Better than yelling at him, going off on him, possibly burying him in the backyard. <laughs> I think that that's great. I have graduated, you guys. So I was um, seeing my therapist twice a week. And she uh, just this past week was like, Tori, you have like your healing. Your growth is amazing. I think you're ready for one week. And I was like, yay. (laughs) Super excited. But also I was like, no, (laughs) no, we need to talk twice a week. Yeah. And I want to encourage anyone like just be with your kids put it all down everything else can wait be with your babies so how does doing homeschool take from you it doesn't but that's homeschool i feel like when we homeschool um as much as i'm there i'm there as teacher mom i want school to not take away from the freedom from the funny moments from the the um from the joy you know i don't i Yes, I am teacher. And to be honest, I'm teacher even when I'm not schooling. Um, so, <laughs> but I want to um, foster an environment in which we don't have to wait for the summer to be able to have that, that we can harness that on a daily basis. I want, but I want my children to know that there's structure in life, but there's also room to play. Let's bring Leilani in since we have her here anyways. Action. Um, Leilani, I know. I'm just going to jump right into it. I okay. know, because they already know. I know okay. you mentioned <laughs> about unschooling that, I don't even know if that's why you got you here, but whatever, okay? I know that you mentioned about unschooling that if done properly, that it's harder than traditional school. In the intentionality of it. Yeah. You want me to elaborate? Um, Well, just because you're seeking out the interest of each child individually. So if one child is wanting to become an engineer, you're going to want to seek out, you know, engineering type opportunities, whether they shadow someone, whether you're doing higher level math or physics. When you have another kid that just wants to write books or even just be an English teacher when they grow up, you're going to go that route. Maybe not do those higher level maths, but you have to focus in on each child's unique personalities. Um, Instead of having that like traditional curriculum that you just pull out and open the book and read. Like if a kid wants to run their own business, you teach them the ins and outs of business, but you're kind of doing it with them. 
So it's a lot of research. more helpful for like a high schooler that actually like knows what they want to be. Like if I ask my shy shy right now, what do you want to be when you grow up? He'll look at me and say, mommy, poop. And that will be it. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> I worry about just preparing my children. Like Leilani was telling me that there are some unschoolers that like their children don't learn how to read till they're 10. You know what yeah. I mean? And because, and I love the idea of that. Like, I love the idea of just allowing your child to be ready when they're ready. Because thank God though, thank God. With Sean, I pushed and pushed and pushed for him to learn. It was a head, it was hard. It was hard. He's now my book lover. Um, and it's not because I pushed him. I just want to just lay that foundation out. He's, it's not because I pushed him. It's because I found books that he loved and I continued to feed that. And that's now. what really made him love reading books. But with Samaya, because of my experience with Sean, I'm like, I don't care if she learned how to read. I'm not doing this. <laughs> like, But she fell in love with wanting to learn how to read. And so just by being done with teaching how to read, she was like, mommy, I think I'm ready to learn how to read. And then she just sat there at four years old and learned how to read. And I said, yes, baby, let's do that. Like, I mean, there's a couple of things with the whole reading thing, like developmentally, some kids have learning disabilities. So waiting till they're 10 is a good idea. Like my daughter's I don't know when she's going to learn how to read. I mean, now she's sound, she's sounding out letters, Wendy. It's amazing. She's wow. okay. So no, that I is like four year old with Down syndrome. Teo, um, excuse me, Leilani. Teo <laughs> is a uh, five year old uh, uh, without Down syndrome, and he is not sounding out letters. So that so, is a victory. And leapfrog. That is, that's amazing. <laughs> Teo watches leap. Teo, look, Teo, Teo, Teo beats got, to the beats to his own drum. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I am. I am. But Leilani, I was saying that because you said that like it, like that's amazing. That's, that's like amazing. big that it gave me chills. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. That no, that's like not normal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because she's watching her siblings a lot. Well, I think it's because you're not normal. Yes, <laughs> I'm not normal. She's amazing. Yes, she's um, amazing. But okay, like developmentally, you know, we don't you, learning disabilities can play a part in it. Autism, Down syndrome, you know. But then also, uh, if you look at a child that doesn't have any disabilities, there is like a window where reading they can take a hold of it faster mm-hmm. and some there okay there's some parents that have just waited and just let it go until they want to read but then their child reaches like 10 years old and they're learning how to read and their self esteem mm-hmm. is diminished because they're not reading like their peers like i knew one lady who um she got her son a cell phone to have him learn how to read to, for motivation to learn how to read, but that oh. child now struggles with reading and he's in high school. Mm. And, um, I don't, I don't know what he's going to do with his life, but she's, she unschools. Um, there's a lot of things that I disagree with that she does, but her oldest is a car mechanic. Her second oldest is an art teacher and does comic book artwork on the side. Her other daughter is a hair designer. Um, one's going to school for architect. So it's like she's doing something right, even yeah. though she waited yeah. till he would. But I have a question. You guys, what if one of what if all five of them were just waitresses? Does that mean she didn't do something right? Yeah, she well, didn't. Three of yeah, one hundred percent. She didn't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Wendy, 
heart. Oh my gosh. No, you have a point. See, and that's the part of me that needs to be de-schooled. No, but that's the part of all of us because we're all like, okay, well, like my thing is, okay, if my my husband would legit say she didn't do something right, like that would, and he would be dead serious. He'd be like, yeah, she didn't do something right. And I'm just, oh, it's so hard. And that makes me take a step back when I think about her specific situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember like, so so I evaluate homeschoolers in Florida. I don't know if you knew that. So she has several times asked me to home, to evaluate her son. And I have, she is the only person I have, I have kindly gotten out of it <laughs> because I haven't felt, I haven't felt, I did a really good job, Wendy. I know I can be brutal sometimes, <laughs> you know, me, so but I did. You. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, I, I had an excuse, like, you know, one year my daughter had heart surgery. So that was a good, That's excuse, a good excuse, right? Excuse. So, That's a good excuse. But I never felt comfortable. Be, and I, and, and I have to constantly repent for that because I know, I know that's not, she did it. She does a good job. So yeah. the lazy side of things makes me have to take a second, but there are parents that are lazy. I can't, I mean, but you're going to get that anywhere. You're going to get lazy parents, parents that work hard, parents that, you know, do the best they can. Like, it's a case true. by case. It's true. It's true. Um, it's true. You're 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 gonna get that. Like no matter what, even with there's the when they're in public school, there's the ones that are in charge of the PTA, doing the classroom management, doing all the things, and there's the ones that's like, do they have parents? Like, where are they at? You know, like so either way, especially with homeschool, you're gonna get all different types of um variations. Um yeah, so I can I can understand that. I can 100 percent understand that. I just, the the part that's difficult for me is I just feel like you have such an opportunity as a homeschooler that public school kids don't have. And I feel like a lot of time people who homeschool look at homeschooling as a, I'm just taking my kids out of this like negative environment, but don't really take into the fact that yeah, but you, you got to do something like something, even if you're just following your child's lead, follow your child's lead to the maximum that you can follow your child's lead. You know what I mean? Or like do something. And there have been people that just take their kids out of homeschool and they're like, let life teach them. Go be free. Go smell the trees and like let and let that be the thing. And it's like, I, 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 what? Okay, but you want them to be able to function in society in some form, right? Well, and the truth of the matter is there's enough hours in the day to do it all, right? You can do an hour of book work and go unschool for the rest of the day. You can do an hour unschool and then do an hour in the afternoon. There's enough hours to get it all done. And I think we forget that because... Um, because of labels, because we try to just like fit in little boxes, right? But there's enough time for all of it. You know what I wanted to dive into with Leilani? What? And you're going to hate me because you're like completely being thrown into the fire right now. Tori? Yeah. No, I'm going into, I'm going in on Tori. (laughs) So Tori, I'm going to put on her stories today. Oh, oh, she know what I'm talking about. Oh, I don't hate you. This is going to be great. (laughs) She put on her stories today, Leilani. 
Well, and I think actually, I think actually, I think you, Leilani, you may lead towards more towards Tory side about <laughs> doing Bible curriculum. Is it Bible curriculum or Bible studies in your homeschool? What was Ooh, the question me? that you're? Oh, reading? oh, the lady was just like, "Do you teach Bible?" Yeah, and, and- Tori said no. <laughs> okay, she's trying to get me in trouble. First. And Tori said, no, drops the mic, sits back. <laughs> um, I said, no, because I, I don't, t- I do not teach Bible. Um, I, now with that said, I live out, um, I live out the Bible. I illustrate to my children godly character as much as possible. I illustrate to them grace, forgiveness, Um also, my kids see me pray. My kids see um, me pray over them every day. Uh, we talk about the Bible. We read little devotionals sometimes. Um, but I do not sit down and we, we're not in a circle and it's not like now this is Bible time. Um, and then I just got my nine-year-old for her birthday, um, her first oh, Bible. and so cute. Oh my gosh. And right on time. That was before I knew the nine-year-old hormone situation. So it's right on time. Um, And we read that together. And yeah, I don't know. God is just, I don't, I don't, like of all the Sunday school classes that I went to as a child, um, what always spoke to me more were the deep conversations me and my father had, which I have with my children as well about God and about church and the deep conversations I would have with my childhood pastor. Like when he would be done preaching, I go back, I would go back in his office and be like, excuse me, I have a question about that. Um, so I, I, it's never, I have just always been very, you can preach the Bible all day. You can teach the Bible all day, unless you're actually doing it. I don't understand um, the point in you running your mouth about it. So I have all, I, I try to show them the fruit of it. Um, they know God, they know the word of God. We just don't sit. It's not like kumbaya, my Lord. And I think that because everything that she is telling us is true because she lives her relationship with God in front of her children, that she should be teaching her children Bible because her children can see everything that they're taught come to life in their mother, that that discipline is so needed because they won't always be covered by you in your daily, everyday presence. Do you know who took me to church and would read the Bible to me and praise Jesus all day? My entire childhood, my mother. Do you know who is the least godly person I know? My mother. But you're Um, not your mother. No, I am my father because I had conversations with my father and I talked to my father and he showed me, he showed me the Bible without ever opening his mouth. He showed me God. And so I, why can't now, I will say I'm more. so, 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 so thankful for my mom for taking me to church. Cause that was big too. 
That was a huge, that was a huge thing in my life. What? (laughs) (laughs) You three. You? you? Oh, my mom. (laughs) She's not going to listen. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not going to listen. Okay. I want to hear Leilani's opinion. I said both. I think you need both. It's a balance. Mm. Because you can't do one without the other. But I was like, what does teaching Bible actually mean? Yeah. Like, do you? that's That's what I'm saying. When she said, do you teach Bible? And it was in, um, it was in a video where I was showing like our schedule. So I'm assuming she's like, do you have a specific time slot where it's Bible? And I don't, I, I don't. But why can't it be all that and more? It probably can be, but I like, I just don't have, I'm not, it's just not my style to sit down and teach Bible. It, I, I, it's, is it because it has a negative connotation? No, it's because I don't. Okay. Teach Bible, meaning we all have our Bibles and it's open and we're, and we're reading the scripture and we're going through it. I, I, we're just, I don't think we're there as a, as a family yet when one only, I mean, Titus can read, but his level is first grade uh, reading. Right. So there's that. And then there's Teo and there's journey. Like there's not, I, I don't see any value in us sitting down and doing it that way right now. And in my Instagram video, I did say as we evolve, as they change and develop, that will probably change and develop as well. But right now I just see it as like worship music, playing conversations about God. They do um, copy work with scriptures um, and we read the Bible just not every day at a specific time. It's not Bible time. Like I'm not teaching it. I don't know. Is that confusing? No. Yeah? No. Well, oh, she's confused. She's Leilani's confused. not confused. Leilani, Leilani I'm going to let you talk now. I'm going to come in. Because, you know, I got a lot to say. <laughs> I know you. Um, <laughs> no, but I because I remember you saying that you wanted to do a collab, which isn't happening anymore, right? With the whole day in the life, how you do Bible. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I was trying to think about that because we don't actually sit down at a certain time of day and do Bible. I see a lot of people putting that in there or every morning you have to wake up and read your Bible first thing with your kids and have that devotional before you do anything else. There's that philosophy. But what I see myself doing is in inter with sort weaving the day with Bible, but not just like, Hey, we're going to talk about Mark 17 right now. Like we don't do that. We talk about the characters of God or during the day, like if something amazing happens, we praise God. And, um, or if there's a struggle that we're having, are we thinking about ourselves? Are we thinking about others? Like those kind of moments. We, I look at Bible when we study Bible, I look at it almost like a social science because that book is history. So we do a lot of, um, history with Bible. So we took a break and and we did botany for a while, but we also like looked at God's world and talked about scriptures that related to, to that. But then, um, we did ancient Egypt, for example. So we're reading about Moses and then we did the history of Israel as a nation, you know, what, how, um, how that worked out. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> there's a lot that worked out there, but we were able to go through the prophets while we're learning about the history of Egypt and Mesopotamia and Egypt. And now we're doing Greece. And so now we're going to go into scripture there and look at the historical context and try to look at the world, the way that the disciples, the apostles looked at the world and the way that the, that the Lord wanted them to look through the world, the way that when Jesus walked, what they were experiencing and then the historical context with it. And then taking that idea and now letting it kind of spread throughout the way that we walk in our world. Does that make sense? I love that. I love <laughs> Like, I love that because I, I, I knew about that and I, I love the way that I love your approach to history and how you're using the history book to, um, the history book of the Bible to teach your kids history. I think that that is amazing. And nobody teaches the history of Israel, like what, and that Nate, like looking at that, that nation and what they went through, there's so much that we can glean and learn from that. Like, oh, you would. You would love my dad. My dad could talk to you about that for hours. Um, he's he's always uh, growing up. He was like, Tori, the Bible is a like the greatest history book ever. Like this is and he's a history fanatic. So, um, oh, yeah, you would love my dad. My maybe my dad should teach my kids. Bible. Hey. <laughs> All right. So here's how I feel. I think brace yourselves, people. Get ready. Get ready. Here comes when. No. I'm coming from a place of not doing Bible with my children, like having no, um, no set times where we read the Bible, except when we open up our school books and our school talks about the Bible. Um, I come from a place of me not reading the Bible myself, like not, um, having the discipline of reading the Bible myself only like when, when, when poop hits the ceiling, if you know what I mean. And that's when I go like, yo, what the Bible say about that? You know, that's when I go and run towards the Bible. So coming from there to where, what I've gleaned from this year is that it's all Bible or it's not. Um, Absence of God, absence of the Bible, absence of understanding the Bible, it's all for not. It's all for nothing. The math, the language arts, the reading, all of it. It's for it. Me personally, it's not what's going to help you. It's not what's going to save you. It's not what's going to help uh, to do anything for you. And so for me personally, Bible needs to be the foundation of our life, not, not even necessarily of our homeschool schedule, our homeschool day. So building that discipline in my children, building discipline is hard. That muscle little, and it is weak. And so I, I want them to build the discipline of we wake up in the morning and we talk to God before we lay our head, our head before we lay our head, before we lay down to go to sleep, we talk to God. As we are eating, we talk to God. As we are going about our day, we, we're in communion with God, pray without ceasing type of vibes. And so for me, I have to be incredibly intentional about, oh, it's on the schedule. Y'all best believe it's on the schedule. You wake up in the morning, you 
grab your devotional. And I'm not about those devotionals that tell my children how to think. I'm not about those devotionals that um, do all the storytelling and all the, 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 oh, this is how that relates to that. And isn't that lovely for my children? No, I want them to open up their Bible, read it for themselves and ask questions and be able to dissect and be like, mommy, that don't make no sense. A fish can't swallow no man and he spit it out. That don't make no sense. And then for me to be able to direct them to where they can get those answers and be able to understand those things. The enemy is real. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> why can't it make sense? Yeah, why can't the fish just swallow the man? Uh, uh, the enemy is real. The distraction is real. At least in my life, I have found it so easy, easy to stop that discipline of turning to the word, to stop that discipline of going to God first. It has been so easy for me that... Uh, just like I want my children to wake up in the morning and make their beds without even having to think about, about it. I want them to always turn to God first. And it's not possible that I can make that, you know, yeah, that's the way it's going to be, but I can teach that discipline in my home. And so that's why for me, for me, that's what Bible time means. It's just a time where we turn our attention towards God, where we drop everything to focus and meditate on him and focus and meditate on his word. Um, yes, we do all those things. I even got a child trained in Bible. So y'all best know when, when those situations come in to weave in the Bible, I'm like, well, look, right here where I talk about quarreling in the home, it's right here. And then we read through those verses together. So yes, we do all that. And my kids ask plenty of questions that help me to go back to the Bible for all the things. But having those set pillars helps in the days when those questions don't come up, when there, it really is not, there really is no need to, eh, who am I kidding? That never happens. They always fight. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Just make him hug for five minutes. I did that today. Oh, that's what I we know. do. I did we, that today. Oh, she hated it. Too, she cried. My, my dad used to do that with me and my sisters. And now I do it with Journey and Titus. I'm like, oh, you guys want to fight? Give each other a big hug and appreciate each other and love each other. My other friend makes her kids rub each other's feet, like how Jesus rubbed. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 My yeah, daughter's, yeah. <laughs> my daughter's feet smell so bad today. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I love, I love all of our approaches. And I think that, um, each approach has its place. And I think we have to remember that we're also working from three different women who have their own personal faith story, who are, who are just trying to give their kids, maybe something they didn't have, maybe something they did have. We're just trying to give our kids, um, what, what we have learned. Right. And, and, um, Maybe what we didn't have, but I, like so for me, I come from a very legalistic uh, background where I'm like, we're not gonna have legalism with Christ because no, right? And then Wendy's story is different, and Leilani's story is different, and I think all that matters is that the desire is to give our children Christ um, one way or the other. And if you're listening, you get to do that in your household how you see fit. Love it. Love it. Don't end on that. Don't end. I, I thought I was supposed to talk about Messianic Judaism. 
on in on that? I'm like, so she doesn't want me to end it. All right, let's keep going. No, no. <laughs> end it in a better way. You go. Okay. Well, I say all that to say, or I think that our children are better off than most. You know what I mean? I think that majority of the time that most parents don't think that deep about this parenting thing. They kind of just wing it. So the fact that most parents allow, you know, when they bring their kids to church once a week to do it, that, you know, that, that that's enough. You that's know? enough. We did it. We did church. <laughs> we did that. So the fact that we're even this thoughtful about it, our kids are, are one, one step ahead. Um, now, I guess we're going to have to have Leilani back. <laughs> Why not? I guess Leilani is just now the third host of the Purple Vine. (laughs) It's fun. I'm getting a break. (laughs) It really is mine and Wendy's excuse to just get a break. No, for real. And we're probably going to have to split this podcast into two episodes. So there's that. No, this is Sam's punishment. This two hour long podcast. podcast. Oh my gosh. Love it. Love it. But um, we hope that like we could at least have made you guys laugh today. So if we did that, we did something. Right, Leilani? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We pray that you remember to lean into the one true vine while you are busy being the fruitful vine. Until next time. Bye. bye. Why is that the first time that we actually did it at the same time?